confuse everyone? You're obviously confused and aroused. jealous of how shiny your ass is and sometimes at night I unpolish it with sandpaper and you're listening to Slurmcast, a podcast for no reason. Today we'll be discussing season 10 episode 11 murder on the planet express. My name is Michelle Burlingame not with me are Tommy Roulette. How's it going? Pete Woodward. Is it me maybe? (laughs) And our guest today Jack Holmes. Hi everybody. Hi Jack. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. This worked out very fortuitously in a side discussion we had when you were over here visiting one night because we had these last three episodes and we have the last two sort of slated and we're like, who are we going to get? And you're like, I fucking hate that show. I'll come on and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, go. absolutely. Perfect. It's it's nice. We had Martin Schneider last week and then we'll have you on this week. So it's kind of cleansing the palate before we go on the deep dive at the end. Oh, there you go. I... uh I like this one more than I anticipated I would. I, I you like do? this one. I really don't like this one at all. <laughs> I don't like any of them. Well, it, it, there's, I, it, we'll get to it as we go through. There were just some things that it kind of got spot on that I have experienced in my life. Yeah. So, you know, that, that resonated pretty truly. Um, you know, as far as the story goes, it was kind of, but... Yeah. But the gags and the thematic material, I, I did enjoy. And when you're talking about polishing an ass, I mean, as much as they did in this episode, I'm down. Ass flakes. Yeah. I mean, that you could probably get those in a number of ways. Like if you had a <laughs> real, you know, dry butt or a real, or a real dirty one. I don't, don't want to think about your dry, dirty butt. I'm not <laughs> saying mine. I'm just saying that in general, like you don't have to be a robot to have ass flakes that that seems sort of appropriate um god but then you you told me you watched the show three times jack so you you are quite the, the masochist well no, I, this episode I, I wanted to make sure since i don't watch the show at all and i don't really know i know i mean i know who the characters are i just wanted to make sure that i understood going into it like the dynamics between the characters and things like that and in all honesty as a standalone episode this, this episode isn't terrible, um, but I, I only laughed one time, which yeah. <laughs> is one more time than any other episode I've ever watched, and it's a Zoiberg line, uh, because <sighs> he's like the like the, 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 the hero of the show in, in a lot of ways for any episode that I have watched. He's the only character that, that's worth, you know, paying there's, attention. There's definitely prime Zoidberg in this. I mean, like he's he's been kind of scarce a lot this last season, so getting getting a little spotlight on him has been nice. Um, I just, you know, I I thought the setup of having everybody be like suspicious and hating each other seemed a little contrived. Uh, Compare, you know, it like for whatever reason, all of those tensions rose to a boil. I mean, obviously, Hermes has hated Zoidberg forever. Yeah. But for Fry and Bender to turn on each other over an ass polishing, like. Who knew Fry even brushed his teeth that much? He uh, probably doesn't. I'm sure Bender uses that toothbrush to shine his ass more than Fry ever uses it to brush his teeth. Right. I, so, I was uh, a little upset that he was more upset about that than he was about the kidney. Yeah, yeah he didn't seem to be bothered by the <laughs> kidney at all. Um, but so 
I, the one thing I was trying to remember, because I recognize the guy, but when he goes into For, for Your Eyes mainly mm -hmm. to buy the spy cameras, who's the tinfoil hat guy? I know we've his seen His name him. is Nine. Okay. So yeah. hence he the was Nine in, on his shirt. Um, the great yeah. uh, green yonder. Into the green says, yonder. Okay. Who are you and why are you dressed like Fry? Because I'm Fry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, his tinfoil hat was one of those like... Um, random insertions of really good computer animation compared to like the cartoon cell animation. Like that's one of those things where texturally they kind of went all out just for that little bit. It's always nice to see that. But, um, you know, getting a spy camera to watch for unauthorized ash, ass brushing seems as good a reason as any. Well, and that mm -hmm. dude also made a killing because he sold one of those spy cameras to each one of those schmucks. Yeah. Yeah. And and all for naught because you know not 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 spoiling anything at this point but bender was the only one who was actually doing what he was accused of doing everybody <laughs> else it was all like a a misunderstanding and that kind of farcical thing that they played out through it was it, it did get a little tired towards the end um but the, the one thing that i really like so fry gets a spy camera and when they're setting up the hermes zoidberg issue Hermes goes into the lunch cooler or the lunch, the refrigerator pulls out his lunch cooler. And I've never personally had a lunch cooler like that. I had a little lunch bags or whatever, when I would bring my work to lunch, when I worked in an office, but the, but what it reminded me of immediately, there's this guy that lives across the street from us that we call jungle Gary mm -hmm. because he, he drives like a, <laughs> uh, olive green Subaru. He always has on like, like cargo shorts and like a green t-shirt and a vest. And a, he's like probably in his late fifties, early sixties, long white ponytail. And he has a Schlitz cooler like that. That's clearly beat to fuck. I mean, it's probably original and 50 years old, but like Jungle Gary's got the lunch cooler and Hermes does too. I was just like, oh shit, it's just like Jungle Gary. And that, that kind of made me happy. But the fact that like, like he called Zoidberg, uh, a tainted oyster right off the bat too it was, it was just mm -hmm. a nice insult those lunch boxes remind me of like construction workers that use those types of lunch yeah boxes. like a pail a lunch pail yeah yeah that's exactly i mean that's like that's probably what's supposed to go in jungle gary's you know lunch cooler yeah. maybe he is carrying around six packs of schlitz i don't know like i i try and i think we've said hello a couple times but i don't know what kind of safaris he's getting up to like we'll sit on the porch and see him come and go. And you just like, God bless you, Jungle Gary. Don't get stabbed by a manta ray or something. Um, the, uh, but that, that whole interchange with Hermes and Zoidberg, where for once Zoidberg isn't guilty of eating the lunch because he brought his own and it's a boot that he's halfway through <laughs> eating. Yeah. <clears throat> you think that was a new boot or was it trash picked? Uh, it Long already had some bites taken out of it. Well, they could have been Zoidbergs, though. Like, do you think it was like a fresh shoe that he, uh, he like? No. Does he buy a pair of shoes at the grocery he store? He doesn't have money to buy. No shoes. way. All he has is a. If he had money to for... buy shoes, he would buy real food. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um. But yeah, that like that whole side. I guess having Bender sell the kidney surreptitiously while Fry was out set up a few of the other jokes coming down which i did enjoy 
But like that whole thing, it just glanced by so quick. I was more interested in the giant floppy disks that they were sticking into that holograph projector. The 15 mm-hmm. inch floppy disks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how? That's I can't huge. even remember. I can't remember the last time I actually used one. But so I had. A 15 inch floppy disk would be gigantic because if you think about a record, that's 12. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I mean, like, like I remember the the, the five and a quarter mm-hmm. from way back in the day, and then the three, the three and a quarter or whatever. But there's like, also eight inch was the largest. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that for? Uh, when did that come out? Let's see here. I think it would have probably would have been one of the original apples. Yeah, I would the say. first floppy disk invented and made by a- IBM had a disk diameter of eight inches. Damn. Yeah. Then the five and a quarter, and then three and a half. And it and it stored a whopping twelve k of information. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably too much. It was probably like five bytes, or something super small. I just I when I I started my job two jobs ago, and I was there for eleven years. So I started like mid twenty two mid two thousand like two thousand five or something. Hold on, the eight inch held. 1.2 megabytes. Wow. <laughs> Very impressive. Wow. I But when I started that job, I moved in to my desk, and there was just like a box of those that I carted around for another 10 years, moving from desk to desk. I didn't even have a machine that could run them. But I'm like, these will come in handy someday. Which which ones? The, the, the three and a half, oh, yeah, like yeah. The, mm-hmm. the hard plastic ones. I mean, I, I've been trying to slowly purge my house, and in the basement, I found a box of, like, all kinds of rando shit. And I had just dozens of, like, software installers for computers that have been dead for 25 years. Like, why mm-hmm. do I have this? I, I don't know. Like, Yeah, I'm one of those people, too. I'll just hang on to everything, like... I I have the box to every appliance or computer I've ever purchased. I have all of yeah. my old iPhone boxes. I just like last summer threw away like 10 different iPhone boxes. I do though have a uh three and a half inch uh floppy disk reader that USB plugs into your computer. So if you ever find any and want to know what's on it, I can we can I don't even think they it. could get read though. Like that's that's actually, the thing. You could plug that in. I found Does it work? Yeah, uh I found um it was like with a bunch of my dad's things and also there were these uh floppy disks of pictures Porn? because no 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 they were pictures like back in the mid 90s or whatever before there were actual digital cameras there were companies you could send the film and they'd make them digital mm-hmm. for you and they'd send you on floppy disks, right? Yeah. So I looked at these pictures the quality on the computer is awful. Like you're better off scanning the original uh-huh. <laughs> and and looking yeah. at it now. But I mean, you're always better off scanning the original anyway. But I like that's that's what I was saying is like if those things held like 1.2 megabytes, it's like one low quality picture, you know. Which is it sounds like the equivalent of like I I was just talking about this this week, like jamming the manual cable box between channel 18 and 19. So you could get those late night Cinemax movies when you didn't actually have the Cinemax subscription, you know, in, in the olden days when it was all actual copper wire switches, you could sometimes just jam it 
just right. And it's like, oh, I'm seeing, uh, you know, de deathly passions or whatever, <laughs> whatever it happened to be. I mean, and there was there was a there was an art and a skill to it. It was really one of my favorite memories, unfortunately. Um, God, I just I, I I've been thinking a lot about obsolete technology. We were kind of just talking about it beforehand. Like, if you get into the tele teleportation business, Jack, you're going to be set. Absolutely. Just the idea, of the uh, the the whole uh, whatever that that sonic train or whatever they're installing between Cleveland and and Chicago. Is I'm that actually calling, happening? No, I'm still calling bullshit on that train. Bullshit I don't think it's happening. happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, they've been they've been saying that since like 2010. They're they've been like, we're gonna you know build a train from Columbus to Cleveland to Chicago. You'll you'll get to Chicago in 35 minutes. Be fantastic for me <laughs> for a variety of reasons, but like that. I mean, that just seems that at least seems more reasonable and viable than that fucking sky capsule monorail they wanted to build along the lake yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. which is just like I, okay so you can go over the three wastewater treatment plants between <laughs> like you know Illyria and downtown like oh there's another poo plant mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of rich people in their boats might be fun to pee out the water you know out the window onto them but also if that fucker ever stopped like what the fuck do you do I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's no. Jump and There's swim to shore. You it's die not above Lake happen. Erie. How yeah, Lake Erie yeah. is treacherous, Tom. Have you ever heard of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Oh yeah. I don't. That wasn't Lake Erie. I don't think. I don't it know. Maybe superior. it was. Oh, <laughs> everything's better. It was one of those. One of the others. Um. The the exchange. I mean, there. I guess. You know, in hindsight, there always has been some tension between Leela and Amy, but the way that it kind of blew up between the punching bag and the golf club stuff, and they're like, you've wrecked my, my punching bag and you wrecked my golf clubs. The reveal on that was beautiful of Scruffy just trying to kill a fly and then not being not being satisfied mm -hmm. with killing it and destroying the golf clubs and the and the the punching bag, but then Zoidberg coming out of the punching bag was fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just like, that's the worst sleeping bag I've ever been, like something like that, but it was just like so perfect where he's just in there and I don't, I don't know, like that's how I like to treat golf clubs. I was just spent an hour this evening trying to kill mosquitoes out on my porch, like, cause I'd sit there and they just like swarm. So I start swatting and i look like i'm having a seizure from anywhere else but on the porch do not use a golf club highly unadvisable <laughs> my preferred method of, of flying insect killing is windex honestly and if there wasn't a fucking apparent shortage on that shit right now i'd just keep a bottle on the on the porch sure because bugs don't like windex you spray it with them that they're either gonna die or get like fuck this and leave um I really like the like electric like fly swatters that are like a, it's like a tennis racket. I just I can't imagine those work. Do they actually work? It's pretty satisfying when you hit them. But <laughs> but does it actually like I would imagine if there's enough voltage to kill an insect then it would you know if you like touched it or like tapped your tongue to it you'd get a zap. And oh, I just yeah. can't imagine It is. It's really? Very, oh yeah. It's like 
uh, you know, one of those like shock games. It's it's a little bit stronger than that. So yeah, I'm gonna have to buy one the next time I'm down in fucking Asia Plaza. That sounds fantastic. Then the bigger the bug, the louder the zap. We used to have one of those like zap lanterns when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. hanging out on the porch, and like those were always good. Just all night long, (laughs) like just incineration of fucking vermin (laughs) and pests. Um, Do we want to restart the meeting? It says it's going to end in ten minutes. Yeah, let's let's do that. Is that on you, Michelle? Yep. All right. I mean, you Pause. just 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 leave and come back into the same room. Okay. Right. Ta ta. Be back. was paying for pro and then i just canceled it because of my roommate moving out i wanted to save the the dough what did it cost it was like 15 a month 13 13 dollars that's how they get you mm-hmm. you ready tom yep yep i just left it recording so we're all good okay. oh okay um how did y'all feel about the, the switcheroo with Hermes's lunch where Bender dumps the lunch and throws the manwich on the counter and then throws Fry's stolen kidney in it and then Leela coming out and grabbing it? I have very strong opinions about this. Yeah? <laughs> yes. First of all, manwich is a very sacred thing to me. Okay? So him just throwing it out, I can't handle that. No. That's a crime. It's criminal. Yeah. My manwich. Okay? Yes. And then the fact that everyone seemed okay with with Lila just being a cannibal and like eating a human body part <laughs> and being like, oh, I guess that's normal. I guess well, that- I, I mean, they seemed to be a little mortified, but it wasn't like they didn't have any lasting repercussions. They were just like, yeah. oh, yeah, I mean, she, and, she is a mutant. And, they and, really, and to be fair, they, <laughs> she they, did think it was one of Hermes' exotic lunches, so she didn't know she was being a cannibal. They well, animated that's the, other the thing. detail very well into that kidney as she was eating it. Like, more detail than they needed. Yeah. It could have just been, like, a red football yeah. when it had, like, the, the internals and stuff. Um, there, there was... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively adventurous culinarily, and right before lockdown, I had one of the things that was like, oh, this is... Well, this is strange. Um, have you ever had pick or hot chili duck tongues? No, no. Well, there's one one of the. Uh, it, it's actually a, a, a franchise, I guess. There's an Asian noodle place in Asia Plaza, like it's a franchise from Shanghai or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's down next to Coco Bakery, and it's you know it's like hot pot. They bring out your stuff, but one of their appetizers is these these hot chili duck tongues, which I assumed would be hot. That's a pretty good band name. <laughs> they they were served thermally cool, huh? Like like pickled hot chili duck tongues. Also, I we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about how fucked up duck penises are. Mm-hmm. Just just to pie, add this to the pile, there were bones in these fucking duck tongues. Really? So it was it was just overall it was not like i couldn't stomach it like i paid I ten dollars for it or some like, shit and they're oh my god 
Yeah, I, I like mean teeth at the end of them. Yeah, They're wouldn't like do bones. it again, but was able to do it. I just do not recommend unless you really want to feel kind of icky. That's this huh. this fucking quarantine has been horrible for finding shit like that because you can't just like take a whim. Who's <laughs> who's got organ meat oh, for me? No. That is unsettling. It says that the flavor is intensely duck-like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I say that about a couple of things too, Tom. It's it's to be expected. <laughs> then one of the questions is, what country eats duck? Most, many. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could. Yeah. I mean, I could maybe get. A... Reading this description where it says when freshly fried duck tongues are positively addicting with a crisp surface and a creamy, slightly fatty interior that melts in your mouth. That could almost make me want to eat a duck tongue. But No, I would eat I would eat fried duck tongues. (laughs) I'm just telling you that pick like duck tongues pickled cold in chili oil, not the same experience. Hmm. I mean, I just saying, like it's not the weirdest thing I've ever eaten, but <laughs> but that's the most recent weirdest thing I've ever eaten. Did it make your urine smell like a meal? <laughs> well, my urine did smell funny for a couple days after, but we ate like a lot of Szechuan peppers and stuff too in that same meal. Like it mm. was, it, it, you know, this is back in like January. It was the cold rainy day. And then we had all these hot brothy noodles and stuff with like, everything in it it was fantastic aside from the damn duck tongues <laughs> um but yeah i i i like i don't like but i'm always taken aback when i eat something that does make my pee smell funny <laughs> like because it's only so many things like coffee will definitely give it a a, a tinge you get that sugar smack smell yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, asparagus, which just, you know, and I think I've talked about this before in here, but fuck it, you know, we're almost done, deal with it. Um, you know, every conference I went to for work without fail, like literally 100%, 100% uh, success rate on this, every conference I went to, they serve a big like fancy lunch for everybody while they got some bullshit entertainment going on or some kind of, you know, corporate reveal. Mm -hmm. They always serve asparagus. So you've got hundreds to- I I was just gonna say you, that any like thing I've been to, any seminar, anything like that, it's with lunch, it's always been asparagus is like the side vegetable. I think that's just right. like a go-to easy thing for like hotels and convention centers mm-hmm. to just make. But it seems self-defeating because without fail, immediately after lunch, you've got between hundreds and thousands of people going into the restroom and the whole fucking thing stinks like asparagus pee for the rest of the afternoon. Like it's, and it's, it's overwhelming. Like if you think it's bad when your own pee smells like asparagus, <laughs> like what, what if the 20 people next to you also have that? It's gotta be an inside job. Like the hotels are just like, you know what? Fuck these guys. This mm-hmm. is what they deserve for fucking treating our hotel rooms like shit and being dicks the entire time. Like Not tipping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can yeah. see that. 
Um, because there's no reason to serve asparagus. It's not fancy. It's not expensive. I think that's like, why. It's because it's the cheapest side option that. It, it, and look, it's delicious. You know, in 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 one to two to four, maybe four person quantities, go for it. You're not all going to be pissing at the same time. But when you've mm -hmm. got 200 people that are all leaving a thing to go to the bathroom to pee and or worse because it's everybody else that's got like airport shits and whatever going on in there. Like it's the best thing you could do with something like that is find the remotest bathroom in the convention center and claim it. Cause it'll stay clean. People don't want to walk. They're all lazy. <laughs> Wear comfortable shoes and find a far bathroom. Um, and that's the, and the reason I went into that, it just, it dovetailed in my head is because the professor's solution to all of this interpersonal animosity going on with the team is to take them on a corporate retreat and boy this is where this episode really resonated with me i, I love how <laughs> the professor knows that like he he says look what you made me do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going on a corporate retreat now <laughs> how many how many like how much experience do you guys have with those none i really yeah, I've been we to never... one maybe years and years ago, and I actually had a lot of fun at it. So I don't think it really counts because we got to drink a lot. So was this when you worked at the tattoo parlor or before that? Way before that. Way before. Okay. That. All right. When I worked for Kids Hands, we would do like company events, but they weren't like corporate retreats. They would just like they would plan them around when they knew that the 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 business was slow, but they mm -hmm. didn't want to late like they didn't want to like lay people off for three days so they'd yeah. be like all right now we're doing like a three-day activity that you have to do while you're at work and it was always miserable yeah yeah i mean just just on the face of it it's like here's people that you have to be around in order to provide sustenance to yourself and your whatever family you have and keep a roof over your head but given your druthers nine times out of 10, they're not people you'd want to associate with in the wild. It's not to say they're bad people, but you know, different strokes for different folks. So now they're going to force you to have fun, mm -hmm. fun in, you know, Nixon air quotes with those same people where you don't even have the structure of like, okay, at least I know they're in their office or like, this is what they do. Now you got to listen to, you know, janet prattle on about whatever fucking you know deep thoughts and feelings she has because somebody handed her the talking stick and it's like it it's just so phenomenally uncomfortable and unpleasant and usually takes more time than a regular work day it's like okay we got to be here early because we're all going to have to get on the bus to get down <laughs> to the retreat center and it's going to take an hour and a half to get back but there's also rush hour traffic so you know, instead of the regular eight-hour workday, it's going to probably take about 10 to 12. Like, fuck me. And that's just, that's just the... I'd call it sick. <laughs> then, then you're going to have to do those exercises on your own. Ugh. I mean, the, the other ones that they'll do, and this is a little more, it's pertinent and I understand it, but like, I used to work at this college and they were working really hard to improve like the student body diversity and the cultural sensitivity of the staff and everything. So they did like mandatory, like get woker mm. uh, meetings and training sessions. And the problems that I always have with it, it's not that it's not that it's not important, 
But in order to have it apply to all the people that are coming in at random from this giant body, like they dumb it down so much that it's just like, it's insulting. It's like, yeah, yes, I know this stuff. And someone who doesn't know this stuff is going to laugh at your fucking face as soon as they walk out of the room. Like they don't care or they would know this stuff already. It's just, it's a bad scene, man. So you're not a fan of the Dan McMasters of the world then? <laughs> no, no. I mean, this is this is my... I, I got to take you on a little trip here because uh -oh. I've encountered... More trips. So, more trips. <laughs> I've encountered so many Dan McMasters types in my life and they're the worst. But one of them in particular is like waist, waist and shoulders above the rest. Like this woman was the fucking worst there was a the the software that i used to be like a technician on they they do like school information systems they do a conference every year so we'd go to this conference and they'd always have some kind of speaker like one year they had mary lou retton she doesn't have anything to do with education or software but she sure as fuck told us a lot about what it's like to be an olympic athlete and be short, <laughs> didn't apply to anything, but she got her $25,000 speaking fee or whatever. So the next year they had this woman, she's this New Zealander. So she's got a cute little accent, you know, and she's very <laughs> uppity and bubbly, but her whole thing is based around just like, why are you so grumpy? What? And, and so like, it's just like browbeating people who are just like, no, I'm not saying you're a shitty person because you want to have a cheerful disposition. I personally do not, so fuck off. Why are you telling me to fuck off? You should be cheerful. And it's just unrelenting. But she would hand out like magic wands and little finger puppets and make everybody in the audience do this shit. Mm. And like, like for a back of the room kid, it's not the place to be. So I, you know, you'd get to the end of the conference, we'd be like, fuck this lady on my survey. Just like, this was awful, never again. The next year, she not only did the opening keynote, but the closing keynote. Oh, no. Because I'm sure she <laughs> cut them a fucking deal because the four ladies planning the conference was like, oh, she was so fun. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> so I, I then embarked on a mission to get onto the planning board for this fucking <laughs> conference and undertook like several years of professional development opportunities just like uh, running on that platform. Like, well, why do you want to be a part of this? Because I never want to see that fucking bitch again. First year I'm on the board was the last conference that the previous board planned. That fucking woman was the keynote speaker again. I, I about lost my shit, but also had the either misfortune or, 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 or serendipity or whatever to have to ride a fucking elevator alone with her. Because uh. we were in the conference center and I'm going down to whatever event and she just comes in and she's she's not turned on in her normal mode. She's like, oh, it's fucking cold in here. Just like, yeah. Like, I, I just couldn't engage because there's no way to do that. But I'm just like, I, I could just throttle you in this glass elevator and I, I'd take the hit. You should have been like, why are you so grumpy? <laughs> why don't you just be warm in this and cold elevator? Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> That's the sort of thing. It was just... I, I've, you know, it's like one of those things where you get karmically sort of cursed for just like, 
oh, you you hate this this much. Now you're going to have to get right in the fucking face of it and 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 deal with it. Um, but yeah, those those types of people. She was like, she's the she's the omega level mutant of those people. <laughs> But the other ones, it's just like, I've gone to these other smaller retreats and they'll bring in some guy to teach you how to have like, these are critical conversations, man. And he's just like, probably, probably a, you know, reformed alcoholic to make light or whatever of addiction or whatever. But it's just like a guy who had a rough patch and then found the way to do it. And now he just goes around and talks to people like, this is how you can just like change your whole life, man. Just look at these little cards and ask people questions, ask yourself these questions and be self-reflective. It's like, dude, I'm the most fucking self-aware person you're ever going to meet. I'm not necessarily going to share it with you, but I know what's going on up in the old fucking noggin. But then to sit around and watch this with like, and this is in it. So it's a bunch of like spectrum people who don't have social skills to begin with trying to digest this stuff. And it, eight hours a day for three Ugh. days. God, that sounds like torture. Yeah, yeah, it is. So that's why this all resonated with me because when Dan McMaster came out and he's just like, hey, we're gonna have like <laughs> trusticle exercises or whatever. Now the, the whole thing with the hitchhiker um, being the beast, I didn't see that coming. I figured that was gonna happen at the end, you know, like halfway through, but that was a nice little switcheroo where they pick up the hitchhiker on that asteroid and then yeah, all of a sudden- Yeah, Orgulax. I, I, I felt like they really dropped the ball with the hitchhiker mm -hmm. just in aesthetics because you're in space and you're picking up a hitchhiker and he doesn't have a towel. Like the, you have a bunch of nerds that watch this show. Why right. would you not just reference one of the greatest science fictions of all time? He might have had one in his satchel, to be fair. I mean, to be fair, but let's, I mean, make it obvious so ever so everybody watching that show goes, okay, that's cool. Thank you for I, like giving Douglas Adams a nod. I don't think they've ever referenced hitchhikers on that's insane. Futurama. Like a, a hundred and thirty-three some episodes in now, I don't think that's ever happened. That's, that's crazy a a big gaping hole in my uh, sci-fi knowledge is that I've never read or seen Hitchhiker's Guide. Really, it's a big fat gaping hole. <laughs> No, it that was formative for me. Mm -hmm. I and even the visual stuff, the the BBC adaptation and the the movie, eh, they're fine. What the BBC one is a lot weirder because it's way lower budget and just sort of like cobbled together from radio scripts and shit. But the books are fantastic. And and if you want to do a softball sort of entry into that, that BBC series they did of Dirk Gently a couple oh, years ago with Tobey Maguire, it's really oh, fucking good really good yeah real sad that they didn't end up keeping that show on after that they found out that kid was like there that guy was like diddling kids or whatever like that's why it got canceled oh uh, yeah the writer max landis yeah i guess he he had some me too issues ah. but um and and there was there was an earlier adaptation uh on the bbc before it was it was different actors and, and that sort of tracked the books a little more closely but the interesting thing was they kind of referenced that in the new show, even though the actors had changed and shit. It's it's phenomenal. Like the 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 BBC version, there's only two seasons and they're short, but it's just fucking fantastic. And it does so much like justice to where I hope Douglas Adams would be now if he didn't tragically pass away. Yeah, I agree.
Um, who the fuck is Jackie Jr.? I know he's Scruffy's uh, apprentice, but where the fuck did he come from? Yeah, I don't know. I think he was just supposed to be like a throwaway character that they could kill, mm-hmm. you know, they could kill him first. That was my immediate or, thought when I first saw this was like when they introduced yeah. him. I'm like, oh, this is just a like a tongue in cheek of somebody just that they can kill off that it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just like an easy red shirt. And that's that. Yeah. And Jackie Jr. is the name of a character from The Sopranos. So I think that's supposed to be where that comes from. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish we would have seen more of Scruffy's apprentice. Like, can you imagine the lessons that Scruffy gives him with his zero G <laughs> zero G Doug's magazines and things? Yeah. Um, but like really at that point where Borgulax, as he's revealed to be later, like eats Dan McMaster and then Jackie Jr., it turns into alien for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was very. I I caught the the one theme I caught during that whole thing was like, wow, this is a lot like Alien. Yeah, yeah. Just basically just ripped this off. Yeah, so they they ripped off Alien and they they reference uh, two thousand and one with yeah. the Hal, the fried calls Bender Hal basically at one point, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's supposed to be a rip off. And it's also the title of the episode is um, a reference to an Agatha Christie novel. So there's a lot going on with this. (laughs) Well, like, I I mean, I I basically when the professor locked them out of the panic room, like I knew what was going on. I just want to know why Scruffy got to stay with him. Does he he need somebody to play Candyland with? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That is exactly why Scruffy got to stay. The name of the game is Candyland. Candyland is surprisingly fun. Like, it's been a few years now since I played it, but that was my daughter's favorite game for a while. So I I logged a lot of time recently as an adult, and it's... It was was mine also when I was her age. Just looking at all those little candies and being like, oh, I bet that's... I wish I had Mm -hmm. a, you know, a milk chocolate river or a hot cocoa (laughs) river. I'd like to think that uh, Scruffy and the professor have a long-standing battle in Candyland, and the, the professor just keeps losing to Scruffy, and like they keep playing over and over again, and he's just more and more in debt, and that's why he keeps Scruffy around because he's like, I gotta beat him one day. I that's I would love to see that as an episode. Like they totally drop the fuck like high stakes gambling, but with Scruffy, just and then like. I don't know if he would be a cheater or just preternaturally lucky or what, but it would be only in, in children's board games. Yes, <laughs> you bring out like like actual cards or like a roulette table or something. It gets bad. Um, they never did do like a background story thing on Scruffy ever in the series. No, I think, it's he... better, I think it's better that they don't because if they did, it would have never have lived up to what it should have been. It like. Because I, you know, they did Bender's backstory like two different times. They did, yeah. Uh, you know, even Hermes backstory, and mm-hmm. they all just weren't as good as you would want them to be. They never. Were. I I don't know. I think they could have done a scruffy backstory where he was like the intergalactic hero that Zap Brannigan thinks that he is, but scruffy <laughs> scruffy was just like saving planets banging exotic space babes you know traveling around gallivanting making a fortune and then it's just like ah, eh, i'm gonna retire i'm good like 
Scruffy, and then just Scruffy was Han Solo when he was younger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would have been awesome. You know, it's like like I you know the actors that are just like you know internationally renowned and they get to be like seventy. Like eh, I'm fucking done. Like Gene Hackman or uh, Dennis Franz who played Sipowitz on New York NYPD Blue. Like those guys where they're just like they had a really good career. They were like really really famous character actors and they're just like yeah i'm good what if uh, what if scruffy like was one of those guys that just like lived life to its fullest that's why in the beginning of this episode he's killing the fly because he's trying to figure out what gives him that drive (laughs) yeah so it's like i'm gonna kill something innocent and see if it brings me pleasure because that tracks that tracks because yeah. Scruffy Scruffy's uh, canonically philosophical and introspective. Like that's that's a known thing about Scruffy is that he's like actually like a super intelligent poet, basically. And he's a pornography enthusiast. Zero G jugs, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are magnetic shoes real? Is that like a real spacesuit thing that they use in NASA? Because when Fry's like, so. I forgot my magnetic shoes, but it would make sense, right? No, 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 like, I don't think next so. Step. <laughs> well, like in space, it's not like you've got wind blowing you around or gravity trying to pull you off something. It's just like you could have a strong enough magnet that it would hit and clamp on whatever surface you're walking on. But there's no gravity. Away. So for you to like the the. For you to like try to pull it, pull your leg off and then your leg would could just fly, you know, into space. And then it would just come off the other one. It wouldn't work because there's just I, not enough. I, I got refrigerator magnets that I basically maybe. need a fucking screwdriver to pry off, man. You know? In well, gravity. The, in gravity. Yeah, I think the the I think they cheated with the with the without the magnetic boots, so they didn't have to explain it. Because he just didn't because you can't like walk. Uh, with a magnetic boot because the first time you lift your leg up it's going to slingshot you forward and then the like i don't know i don't know i'm not smart enough to understand how this works it's just just seemed like a plot device yeah uh, possibly like a pilot light on the outside of a fucking <laughs> spaceship i mean i'm sure there's a sci-fi movie that they had magnetic shoes to walk in space oh, yeah, sure. because, look i personally i find mag- magnetic shoes a lot more believable than i do a pilot light which isn't going to be able to ignite in the void of space because without oxygen to oxidize and create the reaction with the gas it's not going to ignite so here what about this so magnets work based off of the earth's magnetic field like hmm. a compass so how would that change the way that the magnet works in space because would a magnet still be a magnet if it wasn't no, like I don't think it would no because it would uh, magnetize. Look, I, I don't I don't think you need how, to turn how does it work? All of a sudden miracles. we're shaggy too dope. They're miracles. They're miracles. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh the Hermes and Zoidberg adventure in the vents was pretty great. Mm-hmm was the, the random chinchilla that was running around in there. But like, what's this? Jackie Jr.'s skull is blocking the doodad. <laughs> and he just chops it at the neck. And, and how quickly <laughs> Jackie Jr. decomposed. 
he was literally just a skeleton like what happened to all of his flesh well, I, I mean, oh and a hat i take it back he was a borgulax, skeleton and a hat. borgulax could have some kind of digestive system where he just like di- you know digests all of the soft tissue and then spits it back out but, except for nylon and and cloth but at the end that we find out the hat. yeah like, that was sick. he's the only one that actually died besides the the end no i think jackie jr shows up at the end oh does he I, I he's at he the was. pizza party I'm, I don't think I'm, he was. I'm almost positive jackie jr's in the pizza party because i was he's just he's just in the background now that like they murdered murdered mm. jackie jr just so they could have this uh this team building experience the uh but that that then that whole thing with Hermes and Zoidberg, where Hermes falls through, you pops through the vent because he breaks it and gets stuck. And then Zoidberg's looking at like the little life scanner, be like, Don't worry, we'll be okay. Addendum. <laughs> that, that was a beautiful thing. I really I, enjoyed that. Because I don't watch the show, I was unaware that Hermes does not like Zoidberg. So the entire mm. time, I'm just feeling like <laughs> Hermes is this like racist dude that really hates like aliens. Yeah, yeah. He just because he seemed awfully aggressive towards I mean, Zoidberg. This here here's the thing, and this this ties back into all of this corporate talk that has come up on this today already, mostly for me. Like, regardless of his redeeming qualities to us watching the show. What we know about Zoidberg is he's basically penniless. He's completely incompetent at his job and is it is secure and he's safe because of his longstanding and, and very, very far back friendship with the professor. He smells very badly and he's just kind of obnoxious to be around. So I get it because Her- Hermes' job is like the HR operations guy is like, oh shit, this got fucked up again. God damn it, it's Zoidberg. And so, you know, I, I've had those people that I've worked with where it's just like, you know, it, I, I just finished rewatching all of Silicon Valley and Zoidberg is basically like Gabe when Pied Piper gets to the point where where they're like, you know, 200 people and he's got the pants with the, the chair built into him. Oh, so like that's Zoidberg fucks is what you're saying. No, 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 no. That's that's what's his uh, name on the on in Silicon Valley. Gabe. No, no, that's the, his name. Uh, Zach Woods' office. character. It's Jared or Jared is Jared Fox. Yeah, Jared Fox. Yeah, <laughs> his name Jared. is Gabe in the office. Yeah, Gabe's. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's there's another character on Silicon Valley called Gabe. <laughs> yeah, it's the the guy oh. who's always fucking with Dinesh. You're just like, could you could you send me those tech specs again? Fuck He's like, I just <laughs> I just sent them to you. Yeah, but I really don't want to hunt through my inbox. So like if you just send them to me again, then they'll just be right up at the top, and I can just do that. It's like he just drove to Nash nuts. Um, I you know that's that's why Zoidberg is so reviled by Hermes because Hermes is always the one that has to deal with it. Like unless you're unless you're getting healed or operated on by Zoidberg, you're likely safe unless he's eating your lunch. Oh wait, he's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the doc- okay. That doctor Zoidberg. Yeah, yeah. Who who effectively doesn't have an actual medical degree. 
Well, they've established that he's a, a very good alien doctor, but he doesn't know anything about humans. So it's not that he's a bad doctor; he's just not a good human doctor. Yeah, like if you're a if you're a cardiac surgeon, like you're probably gonna have trouble fucking expressing stink glands on a dog or something. Fair enough. I well, mean, on that you... note, we have to restart the meeting again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. No. No. <laughs> Not fun. Not fun. You can cut that last part out, Tom. <laughs> I missed it. What did you say? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so just more more stink gland talk. No, what? More stink gland talk. I don't know what that means. Uh, just mark the time. <laughs> um. Have we gotten to the point where you actually laughed out loud yet, Jack? We're getting there. We're it's real close. <laughs> okay. It's tough to make Jack laugh out loud. The uh, so there's the Amy and Leela bonding experience where they're trying to the monster tries to eat Leela and Amy fights it off. Um, I didn't like but, in that in that scene where she's like where she talks about how uh, Amy uh, told a secret on Facebook. I don't like that mm-hmm. Facebook was still a thing in the year three thousand or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yep. Like, let's not, let's pray for a better future than that. Well, I don't think people had realized it was as malignant and addictive as it is back. This is, this is from like 2013. So we've got several years back on that note. Has anybody watched the social dilemma? I'm personally scared to. No. Yeah. Uh, Same. I haven't, but I've heard that it is 100% worth watching. I've heard that it should be required. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last episode, you were talking about, um, class action uh park i watched it the after we recorded that episode that it was great it's great yeah <laughs> all of those scenes with like allison chains yes. and speedos <laughs> with ricky rackman <laughs> like dude this is the best <laughs> just rocking out with a bunch of jersey shore folks um those the whole thing and chain were just on heroin the whole time i don't even think they were yet but you never know uh bender shoving fry inside him to save fry and then assuming fry's shape inside it totally ridiculous but i enjoyed that especially when they started calling themselves friender friender yeah Yeah. so here's the thing about that and i'm i'm sorry i might be about to ruin it for you oh no but so on adventure time finn and jake you know, Jake being voiced by the same man who voices Bender. Yeah. Uh, they do that all the time. He calls it the Jake suit. So Finn like gets, he goes like inside of Jake, who's like a stretchable, magical dog. And so this, they, is, this is a boy going inside the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, okay. the exa- it's the exact same thing. He runs around with the dog, like super strong, super stretchy dog, like around his body. And it's called the Jake suit. So <laughs> time-wise, which I think predated ad- which? I believe if this episode is 2013, I'm thinking 
that Adventure Time probably did it first. Oh, so, brother. yeah, yeah I, there's probably a note of something that is. Did you read that in uh, Infopedia, Infosphere, or whatever? Or do you just uh, know that from? Have you just watched Adventure Time? I, a bunch? I have seen Adventure Time a million times. I kind of love Adventure Time. All right. It is. What? It is on the Infosphere though. The 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 degeneration of the names though, from Friender to Lamy. To, yeah. To Her, 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 was it Hermberg? Hermberg. Um, I have you ever had to fend off anything with kicks and farts? No. Uh, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> when we were kids. Actually, me too. And one time I hit him with a golf club, so that that ties into this episode pretty well. <laughs> He, he scared me and jumped out at me on purpose when I was coming out of the bathroom. And then I, in surprise, whipped my hens back and like bruised my knuckles on the wall. And I couldn't let that stand. So I chased him down and tackled him and then just, kind of, just tapped his head. It's not like I took a putt at his head. I just kind of knocked it against his skull. He's All fine. Right. He so check this out. This makes it even fishier and or not. I don't know. The, the Jake suit episode of Adventure Time aired on July 15th, 2013. And this episode aired on August 21st, 2013. So I would say uh, somebody told somebody, blah, blah, blah. Maybe. I mean, they would have both been in production at the same time, I bet. Yeah, and it's possible they had some, like, storyboard artists who worked with each other or worked on both shows. And Dima I don't know. John DiMaggio was also. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he wasn't involved in the art. He was oh, just yeah, a, true. A, a voice actor for it. But yeah, John DiMaggio being the character who is the, the suit in both episodes. Somebody had to know something, and it was definitely an idea that was shared. Between I, was, the two I shows. was impressed with how pliable uh, Bender's steel body is. Yeah, I don't don't get me hair. started. <laughs> I sp I spent the first seventy episodes of this show bitching about the physics of Bender, and eventually mm. just gave <laughs> up because because ultimately they base they basically admitted they're like, yeah, he's magical, and that was that. Yeah, but like the shit that goes on, even the fact that when Fry's like space helmet gets smashed. And he's suffocating. Bender shoves him inside. Then all of a sudden, there's plenty of oxygen in there. I don't know how, but <laughs> but there is. Um, is is Squid Ink actually slippery? Because I sure like that thing where Zoidberg's like with the you fend him off with kicks and farts, and I'll unstick you with my slippery ink, and then just starts doing like armpit farts <laughs> to squirt it out. I've had like Squid Ink ice cream and pasta and stuff, but I've never actually seen the actual stuff to know whether or not it's it's you mm -hmm. know. I'm gonna I mean, say they yes. use I it to escape, varied. so they may blind them, but also maybe it's also just like a slippery thing to get out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is it? Um, what's it made of? Gland excretions. Glandular excretions. Who knows um, with uh, aliens too? Yeah, with Zoidberg, it could be a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but effectively at that point, when they all rejoin Bender's gyroscope is still whacked out and irre irreparable, except until Amy whacks him in the head with the golf club and then he's fine. But the, but the mission is accomplished. They fixed the life support systems. They got the steering wheel. They're ready to fly back to earth, but the creature is still stalking them. But, um, 
at that point they probably should have stopped the episode but no they have to do <laughs> that whole like the switcheroo 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 misdirect with the professor coming like by this point i understood what was going on and it was all the game but then the professor would be like there is no creature and then the professor's the creature and the professor's the creature again and then amy's the creature and just on and on and on <coughs> you know i i feel like they um they let that run too long the see i think that the the part this leads up to the part where i laughed out loud was when they're in the hallway and leela's passing out the guns and they realize uh it could be zoidberg it could be zoidberg mm-hmm. and then zoidberg says is it me maybe yeah and then it's not the guy who says it it's the other guy and then he looks so he goes oh <laughs> and i was like that is awesome like that yes. was so, like i laughed like really hard at that because it it just worked. The joke worked so well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's classic Zoidberg with those kind of setups where he's just like so unaware and ignorant that he's just like, oh, maybe, maybe I did that. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he was you know. hoping to be something. <laughs> yeah. <in this. laughs> he just he just wants to contribute. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like the thing with Bender having ears and then eating Amy. Um, but then when Fry and like when Fry and Bender were alone, I can't remember if, uh, they, they didn't No, Fry was the monster then, right? No, at the end, that's at the very end. Fry and Leela are alone and Fry's the monster. Mm-hmm. And they do and- the misdirect with her biting his lip. Yeah. Um, and then when Fry and Bender are alone, it's just the two of them because they're the only ones left at that point. Yeah. And, because and Bender, Bender had ears. <laughs> well, Bender admits to eating or to polishing his ass. Like it finally comes out after all of this that he's like, yeah, oh yeah, I totally polish it. The, um, I found out after uh, watching the episode um, to do some research and understand how the show works. I listened to a couple of your episodes uh, and in in the and then I went back and watched the first episode of Futurama. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode in Futurama, Fry and Bender their com- their first conversation is about um, Bender's shiny metal ass. Mm-hmm. And he says to he sa- he says you know bite my shiny metal ass and and Fry says it's not even that shiny and Bender says it's shinier than yours. And then this whole like mm-hmm. this whole episode is just a throwback to that conversation yeah it's many many throwbacks game. yeah yeah they were they're, they're trying to get this all sorted out before the end you know or or filling dead air which is just as likely um but i, I you know after after that when dan mcmaster comes back and makes the big reveal that you know the monster is actually his partner borgulax who majored in business at princeton and he only <laughs> He only eats people for team building exercises or I, he said something like that. Like he only pretends to eat people for personal empowerment or some shit. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's the other thing with these corporate retreat things. Like even when there's a pizza party, no. An increase in productivity yeah. minimum. <laughs> 4%. It's a pizza party, but it's Little Caesars pizza. It's not even Little Caesars pizza. It's Giorgio's. And uh, everybody's like, uh, I guess it's pizza. I mean, it. you know, pizza is pizza. That's not true. 
okay that's well, another podcast altogether mm-hmm. uh, agreed but just cliff's notes what is pizza bad enough that you'd never eat it again giorgio's nunzio's yeah mm, nunzio's is pretty bad yeah um pizza king and berea before it became what it is now it's fucking fantastic now yeah, that it's I've... campus grill it's great but that's not it's not a pizza place anymore right pizza pan Oh God, I ate so much pizza. Pan. Oh no, you know what? Yeah. Also, I can't do Little Caesars anymore. Living across I... the street from Little Caesars, I ate w- it way too much because it was like, oh, I don't have anything to make. Five dollars? Go get a pizza? Sure. And now it's gross. I can't. Oh. <laughs> and then shit my pants the next day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I need pizza from a gas station. Oh, Pete, you were right. Jackie Jr. does show back up at the end. So he actually okay, good. Okay. My eyes aren't that bad yet. I won't know for sure until the end of October. Um, but but the the beauty of this, it was just such a vicarious thrill. Once Dan McMaster reveals himself, Fry and Bender just fucking evaporate him and just keep <laughs> shooting him until he's a tiny little pile of ashes. <laughs> and that was that was so satisfying because I would have loved to have done that to to several of the speakers I've seen at these things. (laughs) Not even because I personally dislike them. The New Zealand lady, totally do. But the other ones are just like, just if I had had firearms during the thing, it could have gone very bad. They're all snake oil salesmen. That's what, I mean, they're all selling this idea. Like I, I, because of my job, I have like listened to a lot of conference speakers talk. Try mm-hmm. to try and like the, the company's like, here, listen to so and so because he's a billionaire and he'll teach you how to make us billionaires too. And it's all just the same, like recycled garbage about how you know, you know, you try your best and you'll get out there and have a positive attitude. And it none of it is applicable to the real world where you still have to get up and live your miserable life, right? Like one time they brought the guy who started that life is good t shirt company, he's like, man. I went from living in a van to being a millionaire. He's like, yeah, but you're just like a hippie with a silkscreen machine that had a design that caught on. Fuck you. Right. Like, you it's lucky. not it's not just getting out and doing it, brah. It's like you have to connect with some sort of lowest common denominator to become wildly successful. My ex-wife used to work for a, a it's a nonprofit that is has basically built their entire company around the founder of the company that goes out and does these things. And it's just oh, 100%, yeah. com- 100% complete bullshit. They're based here. I'm not going to give many sort of anything, but the only thing that I'm thinking right now that's so wonderful is like, because the only way they could possibly make money was by doing corporate events, their income has literally gone to zero mm. during this. And it might just fucking put them out of business because oh. like, Oh, it's bad. I've had a couple of people in my career approach me about doing stuff like that, where I would go on and tell people about like my life and how I became successful and, you know, whatever. And every single one of them, I'm like, oh, it's not me. And they're like, but you're so, you talk so well and you're so inspiring. And I'm like, yeah, but I would just be selling people a false bill of goods because like it doesn't apply to everybody. Just because right. I was able to do it with my life doesn't mean somebody else is going to be able to do it. If anything, I would make people more depressed. I'd be yeah. like, you're probably going to die alone. Yes. That's what's going to happen to you. Give up now before you start. 
I mean, that's my advice. You know, the only way to spin that so that it works is to do like a Henry Rollins spoken word type. Oh yeah. It's just like, you know, cause then you can just give commentary, but like, that's exactly it. It's like, okay, I worked relatively hard sometimes and caught some lucky breaks. Yep. And that's, and that's where I got to my position in middle management. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know, like, it's it's just people. I mean, it's it's just it just sells into the whole American psyche anyway. It's just like, oh yeah, you can be inspiring. I mean, like anybody can be Jeff Bezos. No, you can't. No, stop it. You got it. You got to be the right person at the right time, with the right amount of sociopathy in your yeah. your. That's psyche. that's the other thing. I could never like take that that much money. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do it. I would rather just give whatever knowledge I've learned in my life out for free. I mean, like, if you wanted to do that, you could just go into being a preacher, you know, like, like I, at one point I, you know, in my first time through college, I majored in sociology. It's like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this for a while. And then I'll probably get into demography and sell out to the fucking advertising people and just get rich (laughs) and exploiting fucking dumbass people. And then that sounded like work and it was definitely not palatable for me. So it never happened. But like, I believe I have the, the intellectual capacity to manipulate a bunch of dum-dums. I just don't have the the ambition or the the lack of conscience to do so. If you're gonna do it, just start a cult. Like get crazy with it. Oh shit. Have you guys watched the the vow? No. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't mean, up to date. That's another I one I've been I haven't told. watched the vow, but I listened to the podcast that it was uh based Based on on. that came out like a year ago i watched i I listened to that whole podcast and i've been meaning to watch the vow but man that whole nexium shit is so fucked up it's it's insane the weird thing is the first episode like the beginning of the episode as you're watching it you're like man this this group kind of seems exactly what like it's really cool and then they just go into why it's not yeah, <laughs> but it's like because it, it starts yeah. out as a good intention intended thing, and then it just because never because then the, then there's money to, money to be made and people to exploit. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, but then at the same time, I'm looking at it, and the fucking guy at the center of that, I'm just like, oh, like he became like the sex master <laughs> dominator, and he's just mm-hmm. like, he looks like your fucking shitty history teacher from high school who was the cool professor but also a fucking just one of the, super nerd douche self-proclaimed one of the highest iqs of the world though yeah self-proclaimed tom, sure. <laughs> tom i'm self-proclaimed I'm, I'm, one of the biggest penises in the world well i self-proclaim <laughs> that i have the highest iq in the world 78 right that's high it's out of 100 <laughs> seems like a big number <laughs> Double digits, man. What do you want? Um, finally, getting getting past all this shit uh, <laughs> at the end because we, we've about gotten through the end of this. But like the news story after this all resolves, mm-hmm. Orbo and Linda saying McMaster's McMissing. <laughs> I miss that, but that I'm, was, in, I'm into that type of humor. So yeah. That was fucking beautiful. And then the whole thing was like, there's a million dollar reward. And in a somewhat unusual turn, if one of, if there's more than one murderer and one of them decides to spill the beans on the other, they'll get total immunity and two dollars. <laughs> all of that was just, and then just seeing Bender like plot out 
what he was going to do to Fry. Well, they were both like eyeing the telephone in front of them, which by the way, is that a landline in the year 3000? <laughs> and also to Jack's point earlier, and I thought about this when I was watching the episode earlier today, in a thousand years, $2 million is what? Like a dollar in today's money? Like, yeah. <laughs> like that $2 million, it can't be that much in the year 3000. Like, well, wait, how much money did Fry inherit from? Remember when he had like the bank account with 38 cents in it and then it like matured with compound interest over a thousand years? Wasn't his payout like $50 million or something? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember what the exact dollar amount was. But yeah, $2 million I mean, it, is not that much money. It can't be. It, well, I mean, but what you have to consider know. is that society has collapsed like a couple times over. So there was a restart. That's true. A reset on the value. It's it's it would but be worth more. His savings account was able to maintain and gain interest, even yep. though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. This great show, fantastic show. He spent it all on a can <laughs> of anchovies. Um, no, that I mean, well, that's that's actually going back. That's a joke from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It might have been restaurant at the end of the universe, but it talks about going back in time and opening a saving account with like one cent and then through compounding interest when you get to the future, you'll be rich enough to eat at the restaurant at the end of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they did reference that, but it might have just been parallel. It could have just been a stupid MIT student. I, math that might be a little bit reaching to fight for that, but... I, I don't know. I mean... Compared to some of the episodes we've seen recently, like mm -hmm. I I enjoyed this one at face value for the most part compared to just otherwise being like, Jesus Christ, at least it's done. I mean, at least so, for you, for you, Pete, um, this one, I mean, we have two left after this two one. Two more. Yeah. Um, they're all good. Like they're all yeah. worth watching. Like you'll okay. end this, you'll, I really believe you'll end this and at the last episode you'll be like, you know, it's a good conclusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is I uh, like closure. Is there is there any is there a, have you guys talked about it or do you know if there's any internet conspiracies about uh Matt Groening being from the future and like Futurama is just Oh, I know there are tons. <laughs> because like you know how The Simpsons has like predicted so many things yeah. and people are like, How is it possible? I gotta believe if this is all true that Matt Groening is just from the future and then he is Fry and like <laughs> traveled back in time to, to write The Simpsons because he was bored, you know? Well, if or it, what if else I, is he going to do? If that, that theory, I like to think that, that maybe in the future, they're like, we have to go back and warn these people. And sure. they decided the best way possible was for a like to go back and make a cartoon about what's yeah. going to happen so people will realize it and then but it's that paradox where you can never never I mean, warn I'd people be, of the future yep. I'd be more comfortable voting for someone that propagated that theory than I would with someone who's <laughs> voting based on QAnon information uh, agreed you know so I, I like I, I I mean, bringing Occam's razor into this, I think they just thought of outlandish shit and our actual reality has just continued to get more and more outlandish. More like no one could have predicted where we would be right now because 
you'd think we weren't that fucking stupid, but. Oh, I'm are. sure there we're, were people in the writing writers room that were like, "Who's a who's a person that could be president that no one would believe in this most ridiculous thing on planet?" Yeah. Donald Trump. We're gonna go with him because there's no possible way. Yeah, I mean, we're proving that theory that uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong, right? Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. Did your computer blow up yet, Tom? <laughs> no, no, it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God damn, we made it through another one. Um, I right, kudos to you, you guys to watch a terrible show for 103 episodes or whatever it is. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, and, and we, wait, wait. We have to remind our uh, listeners that uh, the views and uh, are not <laughs> of the guests are not <laughs> necessarily mm-hmm. related to us. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, they might be. You're welcome to like a, a, the. I mean. I understand its value. I just for it's just not for me. It's just most of the time. Every episode I've watched, I've been like, eh, okay. I you know, and that's when we started this uh, seemingly 150 years ago. My take on it was like I watched it when it first came out for maybe the first two seasons, and just kind of got away from it and wasn't ever bothered enough to come back. And it was fine, but like. Like in in the sense of it being a fun diversion, it's fine. In the sense of having to have to watch a hundred plus episodes <laughs> of it over the course of several years and having it become homework, eh. But I think there's been more hits than misses. Like in general, there's been more good episodes than bad. Just this last season was real uneven. I mean, this is something I was going to bring up in, like, the last episode, but really, like, how do you judge an overall good show from start to finish? Like, what, you know, is it majority of good episodes? Is it how it ends? Is it, you know, just what is it? Because, for example... It's a very simple answer. What's that? They, They didn't stick around too long. And so you have the ability to look at it within a prism of... There's only this much and it's fucking fantastic. And and in watching the whole thing from beginning to end, I never felt like this is past its prime. Yeah. And there's a lot of shows like that, but mm-hmm. but the key, I think the real important key is don't stick around for 32 years. It was like, "Oh, we could stop after 25 where we've been on the air for 12 years too long. Now nah, we're making a bazillion dollars for Fox. Let's keep going." You know, like if this had ended at the end of the original run, I know people were upset or whatever. I think the quality of episodes before the Comedy Central reboot was better overall. Agreed. And it, it oh, stood I agree alone. completely. Yeah. I think That's I think what, a lot of people above the core of the show had a lot of more input because they were brought back onto Comedy Central. And it's like, if you're going to come back... And they were back, paying them a shit ton of money. This is how we want you to do it, and here you go. And so they had to end up doing that. I mean, but, they, like, I mean look, look at what... Look at what Dave Chappelle did with Chappelle's show. He did the first two seasons, started the third. They gave him a $50 million contract. And when he understood what that was going to mean for the quality control on his show... He fucking vanished and went to Africa for three months and disappeared and then gave the money back and said, fuck you guys. Right. You know, there's way more shows, I think. And they're, they're, 
they're hard to find sometimes because they didn't get the traction, but like that were around for one or two seasons and kind of did their thing that if you go back and watch them are so good. Like Terriers, if you remember that one, there's a show a hundred years ago called Keen Eddie. That uh, was don't about, trust the bee. Don't trust. Don't the trust. Bee. Don't trust the bee. Was that show fantastic. is brilliant. Brilliant yes. show. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like leave them wanting more. That's how you know that a show is better than, than it was. And then, then after that, do small doses of fan service, like the um, like Serenity versus Firefly, or El Camino versus Be- Breaking Bad. Like El Camino was not a fun watch, I but it was satisfying. It's good. It's good, and it gives you some closure, and it actually has kind of a a feel good at the end. The Deadwood movie, you know, it it was not a fine piece of cinema. cinema but it felt fucking great to watch and I was happy at the end of it. And that's that's the stuff that makes sense. When the shit just goes on because there's paychecks, it just it just loses the luster and and the, you get diminishing returns. Yeah, I mean though, I think it's it I feel it's like a little bit different with cartoons because you don't have that aging factor. You can keep everyone whatever age you want them to be in a certain situation basically. So, yeah, but you can only write the same joke so many times. That's like the Simpsons doing Homer and Marge's origin story like three different times over 30 years and then time adjusting it. Yeah, but I mean, but South Park, like people still love South Park. Mm-hmm. People have always liked uh, like Family Guy. It doesn't mean that it's good. But I but mean, my opinion only. <laughs> I, I, I used to love Family Guy when it first aired those first couple of seasons on Fox before it got canceled. Mm-hmm. And when they brought it back, it's it, it, it took a like just a just an arc downward. Like it started out really yeah. good and then it just really bad really fast. Now that's one where I don't laugh a single time. It when just I'm stopped being funny. It. it just it's it's not funny ever. <laughs> you, so do you still watch it then? It's on between two shows that I want to watch. It's they usually put it on it. either. Yeah, it's 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 usually in between like Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons or whatever. What's that? The new shows that are on Fox now, Duncanville and Bless the Hearts. Like I want to give those shows a chance. Like let's. I'm done with Family Guy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, um, anyways, I mean, yeah, we we really digress there, but. Yeah. To completely take this out of everything we've been talking about, the little dresser behind you, Tom, it looks like a sad face. Oh, it does. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> Nose, eyes. Yeah. That's and then, then a sad, frowny mouth. Um, so I guess real quick, we have for the last few episodes, we've had repeat guests. But now we have a brand new guest on for the end. So I guess. Mm-hmm since a lot of the people that listen probably don't know who you are, Jack, do you want to say things about yourself like four minutes or less because we only have nine minutes remaining? (laughs) (laughs) We're not restarting this again. (laughs) I I mean, I have nothing to sell. Uh, You got hot sauce. You make hot sauce. I'm making hot sauce out of my house, which I think is illegal, so it's not really out of my house. If anybody's listening, that's important too. Uh, You know, I'm just, I like food and i like talking about television shows with people i've never met before 
or some people <laughs> I've met a handful of times and one person <laughs> I've never met before. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get one of the things that I've always, I've never liked this show. I've ne- and, and a lot of times I get into conversations with people where they're like, I can't believe this seems like a show you would love. Or I'll meet somebody that I really don't like and it's their favorite television show. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this is I why I hate the show. <laughs> yeah. You random dude at the bar who's drunk and telling me about the how that Futurama is the best cartoon show on the planet. Just give me, just, uh, I want to sh- just shoot myself in the face. I felt that way about the cure of Bauhaus for like 20 years. Like you have to get past that shit. But yeah, I, but uh, don't you do like YouTube videos or something? Is there some kind of like... I was going to do some cooking videos. I did some during the beginning of the pandemic. I, I made some uh, free meals for a bunch of families and I, I showed people how to make the food uh, because a lot of people were freaking out about not being able to get food when mm-hmm. if you can if you can buy yourself some like pasta in bulk and buy yourself some tomato sauce in bulk, you can eat well. You know, and a lot of people don't, you know, I think I think people forget that you can make food for yourself you don't have to go out um and uh i play music you know i play uh i have been playing music in the cleveland area for 20 years you know so you know you've a lot of people who are listening have probably seen me perform at some point in time in some fashion uh but you know i'm not i always tell people that i'm i'm polite but not friendly because <laughs> if you talk to me, I'll, 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 uh, it... So at this point in the recording, my computer crapped out and I lost the end. But you know where to find us, slurmcast.com. You know, there's only like two more episodes after this one. So make sure you listen to all of them. Go back and listen to them again. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>